Hey there, I'm Beth Connors, a midwife and mom of two, but also your birth bestie. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into everything you need to feel confident, prepared, and in control from baby bump to delivery room, from practical tips to personal stories. We'll cover it all so you know exactly what to expect every step of the way. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Your Birth Bestie Podcast. Today, we are talking about how to get a positive pregnancy test. If you are ready to start trying now, or maybe you're planning ahead, either way, this episode will get into the questions that you're probably already thinking about in preparation for becoming pregnant, how to actually increase your chances of becoming pregnant each month, and next steps for what to do if it's maybe not happening as fast as you hoped it would. If you're new here, please hit the follow button so you can get a notification every Tuesday of the new episode that is released. And if you've been here for a while and enjoy this kind of content, I'd love if you could take a few seconds to rate the show. Thank you so much for being here again, and let's get right into it. So if you're planning to have a baby, you may be thinking about how long it will actually take to get pregnant. And of course, you know it could happen on that first month of trying, or it could take many months or even years. It is actually really hard to predict. But just to give you an idea, 30% of couples trying to conceive are successful in that first month of trying, 75% of couples conceive within six months, 90% of couples conceive within one year, and 95% of couples conceive within two years of trying. So that does leave out 5% of women struggling with infertility after two years. And we won't go too deep into infertility, but I do want to share more about when to seek further help and different testing regarding fertility if this is part of your story. But there are a lot of things that you can control and that are actually important to increase your fertility. The first and the most obvious one is to stop your birth control if you're using one. If you're not ready to conceive quite yet, but are hoping to in the next three to six months or so, I would talk to your provider about discontinuing whatever method you are using and then use a barrier method like condoms to allow those hormones to get out of your system. Stopping your birth control before you start trying to conceive is also helpful for you to get a better idea of what your natural menstrual cycle is like, because if you've been on birth control for maybe 10 years, your cycle will likely return to what it was before. And this sometimes is irregular periods. That's why a lot of women get on birth control in the first place, which is not ideal when trying to conceive. It's still possible to become pregnant it's just going to be a little bit harder. So tracking your cycles for a few months can be helpful to better understand your cycle, the cycle length, and be able to estimate the day of ovulation. You will be able to get more precise information too if you use something called an ovulation predictor kit, which I will talk about more here in a minute, along with other options too. But before I had my first baby and when I was deciding to come off of hormonal birth control the year before that, I was meeting with an acupuncturist who recommended a liver detox. I was having 90-day cycles and then 60-day cycles, and then finally after that liver detox, they were back to every 32 days, which was normal for me. So this is a great tool as well to use if you've been using hormonal birth control for a while in preparation for conception, and I just wanted to make sure that I added that in here that that was 
key for me in regulating my cycles and to make them more predictable because a 90 day cycle is very unpredictable when you're ovulating, um, when you're trying to conceive. And it's also a lot less chances to try to conceive if you're having a cycle only every 90 days. Also emphasizing a balanced diet and regular exercise, healthy sleep patterns, and adequate hydration are all really important when preparing your body for pregnancy too. These are things that we can control. So maximizing those benefits and making these lifestyle modifications is really a priority. We want to encourage hormonal balance, stabilize your blood sugar, decrease stress and cortisol levels, and really just take care of our bodies to prepare them for the long journey of pregnancy that is hopefully ahead. During this preconception period too, you should also be taking a prenatal vitamin. Yes, even before you get a positive pregnancy test, prenatal vitamins are actually really important because of the folic acid that are in them, or really, if you're taking a more higher quality prenatal vitamin, it will have the more bioavailable version of folic acid, which is L-methylfolate, which is better absorbed and used by your body. So a good recommendation is to look for prenatal vitamins with L-methylfolate instead of folic folic acid to reduce your baby's risk of serious neural tube defects. The next important piece of conception is knowing when your fertile window is. Even if you are a few months away from when you're going to try to conceive, this can be still a really good time to begin tracking your ovulation and become more aware of actually what is happening in your body to increase your chances of becoming pregnant when you choose that it's the right time. So your fertile window is the time during your menstrual cycle when you are most likely to get pregnant. This is usually the five days leading up to ovulation, the day of ovulation, and then the day after ovulation. For example, if you always have a 28-day cycle, you would be expected to ovulate on about day 14. So your fertile window would be days 9 through 15. This would be the textbook scenario, but even if you do have a 28-day cycle, you're not guaranteed to ovulate on day 14. And that's why knowing your own body is really helpful. And there are many ways to determine when your fertile window is. Without thinking much about this, you may already notice changes in your cervical mucus or discharge throughout your cycle. At the time of ovulation, you would be expecting cervical mucus to be the consistency of egg whites, so thin and stretchy, which helps sperm travel to the egg to fertilize it. So becoming familiar with your body in this way can be helpful and is actually very easy to do. There are many apps as well to track this. One that I use is called Clue Period and Ovulation Tracker, which is really easy and user-friendly to update that each day. You can also purchase ovulation predictor kit Uh, ovulation predictor test kits that measure luteinizing hormone in your urine, which then predict ovulation by knowing when you have an increase or a surge in that luteinizing hormone or LH. One brand of tests that I recommend is called Pregmate. It's an effective, less expensive alternative to the digital tests, which for me, I did use those. They did not work at all. The first time that I used the clear blue digital ovulation tests, because that was the best. It probably was the most expensive, so I thought it was going to be the best and most accurate. I actually got a smiley face for like 10 days in a row or something like that, which meant that I was fertile for 10 days, which was not even accurate at all. I started taking it early and it was just a smiley face every single day. Did not understand that was not accurate, was not successful. 
They were also really expensive. Um, and for me, I just wasn't a fan, obviously. So Pregmate is much less expensive. You get a lot more tests um, and they're very easy to use. But what you do um, with the Pregmate ones and most of the other ones I'm sure are very similar, but you pee in a cup, you dip that ovulation strip for five seconds into your urine, you lay the strip flat and read the results in five minutes. The results are not read the same as a pregnancy test though, where two lines on a pregnancy test mean that you're pregnant, or in this case, ovulating, and one line means not. So that's not accurate. We're actually looking to see if the two color lines are visible and that the test line is equal to or darker than the control line. If this is the case, this is a positive result and there is a high amount of luteinizing hormone or it's signifying your LH surge. If there is only one line to be seen on the test or the test line is lighter than the control line, this is a negative ovulation test. And you can actually take them every 12 hours in that potential fertile window that you kind of are predicting based on your own cycle length. And you can see that progression of the line until both lines are either the same color or the test line is darker than the control line. So it's very cool actually to see um, how your body is releasing this hormone and how um, or when the surge is going to be in your cycle. Luteinizing hormone is released at a low level throughout your menstrual cycle. And once a developing egg follicle gets to be a certain size, LH increases to a really high level, which triggers ovulation to happen about 24 to 48 hours later. So as soon as you get that positive ovulation test, you know that this is the beginning of ovulation and is your peak fertility day. And I want to mention too that this isn't at all something that you have to do. Charting and analyzing hormone patterns can stress some people out. So you definitely don't have to do any of this. But some people do like to actively be doing something to increase their chances each month of conceiving. So do what's best for you and really what will stress you out the least. There's also basal body temperature charting. And this one is a little bit harder to do because you have, you have to have slept for at least a three-hour stretch and take your temperature with a digital oral thermometer before you get up from bed. You would then use an app like Clue or Glow. These are... There are many more than just these two as well to chart your readings each morning. So you'd be looking for a slight dip just before ovulation. And then after the egg is released, your temperature rises and stays up for several days. So the rise in temperature lets you know that you already ovulated. So I actually find it more helpful to use as a tool to become familiar with your fertile window and using that information for consecutive months before trying to conceive. And then if you're doing all of the things and having unprotected intercourse during your fertile window every other day or so, it's not guaranteed that you'll be pregnant on your first try, like we were led to believe in middle school health class. Like I mentioned before, it can take time and most couples are successful after 12 months of trying. But this, this doesn't mean that if it's taking longer than you hoped, you shouldn't be listened to or your feelings of disappointment or frustration aren't valid. This is an extremely emotional time, and I hope your time does come if this is something that you're waiting for. So the general guideline is that if you're under the age of 35 and you do not become pregnant within 12 months of trying, the appropriate next step 
is to be evaluated and seek out more assistance to see if there is something going on with you or your partner that can be addressed so you don't have to keep waiting and you can have that successful positive pregnancy test. If you're over 35 years old and have not become pregnant after six months of trying, so a little bit shorter, this is also when it's generally indicated as a good time to be evaluated for fertility and to come up with a plan to move forward. But this doesn't mean that you can't seek more information or professional help before those two guidelines, less than or more than 12 months if you're less than 35 or more than six months if you're over 35. It just might be more difficult to find somebody that takes you seriously, but there will be somebody out there that you can find that will run tests for you and that you can hopefully get some answers. There are medical doctors that can run tests and also more holistic approaches to infertility that I am recently actually learning more about myself, such as um, hormone coaches. The results women are getting without invasive medical intervention and tests is actually very interesting to learn about and is an option that you may be interested in exploring if you find yourself in this situation one day. I just really want you to know that there is not one right time or way to become pregnant. This is a very individualized experience and really should be treated that way. There are things that we can control to make the process easier or shorter, but there are also many things that we don't have control over. And that's okay, even though it is so difficult when you are just waiting and waiting and you have the dreams of starting your family. And also sometimes the stress of trying to get pregnant is too much in itself. You may need to let go of expectations for a certain timeline and just focus on being the best version of yourself, allowing other pieces to fall into place when they are meant to happen. And if you don't like that answer and you just want things to happen more quickly and you don't want to wait around, then that's okay too. You can seek help and you can be in control of this experience as well. So I hope your desires of motherhood come true and please reach out with any questions that you might have. I would love to help simplify this journey for you and support you during this exciting, but really sometimes challenging time. Thank you so much for tuning in to Your Birth Bestie podcast. To continue this conversation, next week we'll, we will be talking about implantation, how soon you can take a pregnancy test, and how to calculate your due date. Specifically, why every online calculator seems to spit out some slightly different date. So if you enjoyed the show, please follow along. It would mean so much if you could take a quick second to, to rate the show before moving on to the next thing that you're doing today. It is the best way to support this podcast, and I really appreciate you so much for doing that. Thank you so much for being here, and I will see you next time. Bye, everyone.